Welcome to the Getting Grid Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and we are so glad you could be with us today as we tell another story of sinners and saints. Not all paths are well-worn. Not everything is completely marked out. In 1937, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a book called The Hobbit. And in 1954, he wrote another book called Lord of the Rings. The dwarves and the elves have given us a path. Now, can we discern the breadcrumbs they left and find our way to holiness? I will take you back to an earlier time where now we might imagine it was simpler, less congested with information, at least useless useless information, as if knowing less made life easier, which would be to say something untrue, because it simply isn't true. The names of all the suspects in our story are names like Bilbo, Frodo, Aragon, Samwise, Gandalf, Galadriel, Jimli, and Thorin Oakenshield. So I will make some basic remarks about information that may seem perfectly useless to you, only to make a note about what could be useful on your path. Question. Can you hear the useful words and set aside the useless? Can you find the message? The old and ancient may seem like the work that fairy tales are made of. But then again, dwarves and elves did preserve that which made this story possible for you to live. Bilbo Baggins lived in the Shire, which was in the northeast of Middle-earth. He was timid and loved comfort, liked the availability of tobacco and postal service. He was not very compatible with the older world of dwarves and elves. However, he did become part of a quest to reclaim the Lonely Mountain and its treasures from the Dragon Smog. The adventure takes Bilbo and his companions through the wilderness of the Elven Haven of Rivendell, across the Misty Mountains, where, escaping from goblins, he meets Gollum and acquires a magic ring. And through his adventures, he becomes a useful and resourceful member of the quest. Bilbo's role in part can be seen as a pilgrimage of grace which he grows both in wisdom and virtue toward a life that is full. He made this point. Not all those who wander are lost. The second Baggins that comes to the story is Frodo Baggins. Frodo is Bilbo's second cousin once removed. Eventually, Frodo goes forth to complete the quest that began with Bilbo, now as part of a new quest, the Fellowship of the Ring. Comprised of nine companions, one of those companions is Frodo's chief, steadfast friend, servant, a man by the name of Samwise Gamgee. Sam is strong, selfless, emotionally powerful, and capable, and is the necessary ingredient for Frodo to complete the quest to destroy the ring. Upon completion of the quest, Sam returns to the Shire, and he's elected mayor for seven consecutive terms. Samwise Gamgee made this observation. There's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. You might consider a woman that is measured a two-ranger, or man-high, to be something beyond you, but the Dunedin, who were remnants of the three major tribes of Eden, or high men, they believed two-ranger meant approximately six foot four inches. She was a striking figure with long silver hair that the elf said captured the radiance of two trees. She was the Lady of Light, the mightiest and the fairest of all the elves. She was the wisdom that could keep a man like Frodo from the perils that befalls all men. The lure of the sirens. Like all wisdom, she challenged Frodo, saying this, Even the smallest person 
can change the course of history. Then there was Aragon, a ranger of the north, the heir of Ilsidar, king of Gondor. He was a confidant of Gondolf. He was on a mission to destroy the One Ring and defeat the Dark Lord Surhan. Aragon led the Fellowship of the Ring. He fought in the Battle of Helm's Deep and the Battle of Pelennor Fields. After defeating Surhan's forces in Gondor, he led an army from Gondor and Rohan against the Black Gate of Mordor, distracting Surhan's attention and enabling Frodo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee to destroy the One Ring. He once said this, A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. He was crowned king of both Gondor and Arnor. He then married Arwen and ruled for 122 years. Aragon has been compared to the figure of Christ, a hero. He told the young lads from the Shire this, Deeds will not be less valiant because they are unpraised. Then there is Gondolf. He's a wizard, one of the Isitar order and the leader of the mentor of the Fellowship of the Ring. Gandalf was the great power that works mostly by encouraging and persuading. He sets out as Gandalf the Grey, possessing great knowledge. He's an immortal spirit, but being in a physical body on Middle-earth, he can be killed in battle. And he is by the Balrog from Moriah. He is sent back to Middle-earth to complete his mission. Now is Gandalf the White and leader of this Tari. He is described as an angel incarnate. He inspires the fellowship with all these words. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that you've been given. Now, Gimli is a dwarf, a warrior, the son of Golan. Gimli is in, he, he's chosen to represent the race of the dwarves in the Fellowship of the Ring. Gimli aids the ring bearer Frodo Baggins, participates in the War of the Ring, and becomes close friends with Legolos overcoming an ancient enmity between dwarves and elves. He was a remote descendant of Duron the Deathless, chief of the seven fathers of the dwarves, and the ancestor of the dwarven people to which Gimli belonged, the Longbeards. He was of the royal line. According to the Red Book from Westmarch, he sailed with Legolos into the west after these battles, becoming the first dwarf in the Undying Lands. Here is what he said. Faithless is he who says farewell when the road darkens. Finally, there is Thorin Oakenshield. He was the leader of the company of dwarves who set out on the quest to reclaim the Lonely Mountain from Smog the Dragon. If you remember, it was the quest with Bilbo Baggins that we started with. Thorin is Old Norse, surly, illiberal, independent, proud, aristocratic, and like all other dwarves, greedy for gold. Thorin exemplifies the deadly sin of extreme greed, but is able to free himself from it at the time of his death. This deathbed conversion has been compared to the moral transformation of Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol and The Thief on the Cross. Thorne Ogenshield made this observation. I leave it with you for the holiday season. If more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. This is not a time to fear, but a time to be courageous. Aragon said, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. But it is not this day. Our king is coming. Advent is almost here. It is time to sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Not all those who wander are lost. There's some good in this world, and it's worth fighting for. Even the smallest person can change the course of history.
Deeds will not be less valiant because they are unpraised. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Faithless is he who says farewell when the road darkens. And if more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. Follow the breadcrumbs, my friends. You are more than capable. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. I hope you'll come and visit us at gritquest.com. Consider making a donation to this ministry. Help us keep this podcast and our work alive. Come on one of our quests. Maybe you can be like Bilbo Baggins. Not all those who wander are lost. Blessings to you this holiday season.